All right, thinking about the results of the 2010 election, let's narrow our focus now to really the big story. I mean, you have your own headlines to deliver to us, and we'll get to some of those before the end of the hour. But the Republicans retake the House in big, big numbers. Todd Zwillick, of course, has been with us all hour, takeaway Washington correspondent. But we're joined by Douglas Brinkley, professor of history at Rice University, author of The Wilderness Warrior, all about Teddy Roosevelt, and The Great Deluge. Um, Douglas Brinkley, good morning. Good morning to you. You know, let's talk about the House as both because of the Constitution and because of historical precedent being a powerful place to drive the agenda in Washington. What do you make of this Republican victory and how, historically speaking, are the Republicans poised to really drive uh, the agenda between now and 2012, assuming, uh, uh, you know, there's not an overreach, as was the case with uh, Newt Gingrich, et cetera? Well, this is very significant, uh, historic victory for the Republicans. Now, you know, you can go back and talk about other midterms where you had a sudden um, uh, one party just kind of over uh, swamp over tidal wave um, over, you know, the election. You go back to 1938 with Franklin Roosevelt. Uh, the Democrats lost. Republicans took control. Or a lot of people lately have been talking about 1994 with uh, Newt Gingrich. Uh, Clinton had just won in 1992, and suddenly you have the Gingrich Revolution. And both of those two, 38 um, in 1994, the incumbent president won the next election. FDR and Bill Clinton. All I'm suggesting is this is not have to be viewed as a bad day for Barack Obama. It's been a bad year for the president. He must feel relieved to have this election over with at this point because it's eaten up so much of our political uh, media time, and it gives him a bit of a fresh start. He has somebody else to kind of burden share with, and he doesn't have to, without having that possibility of 60 senators, he's, well, you know, like he had for health care, it's going to force him to at least try to be a little more bipartisan. And if that doesn't work, he's going to have to use executive power um, to get things done. And we may hear some of that bipartisan rhetoric. The president's going to give a news conference uh, this afternoon at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time, which, of course, will be carried on public radio stations all across the United States. Uh, Douglas Brinkley, what can the House do? They have the power to lay and collect taxes constitutionally. The uh, bills begin in the House if they involve a funding um, does that mean that, uh, you know, the Obama agenda can be defunded in some way? Can uh, rollbacks actually be implemented in the House, even though the Democrats control the Senate? Everything you said and more. I mean, Congress could start investigating this president, uh, looking into, uh, you know, the Bill Clinton's uh, intervention on behalf of the White House to have a candidate in Pennsylvania not run. Is that ethical? I mean, they could start um, just, you know, making the president's life miserable because they're not showing the Republican Party that they really want to do business with Barack Obama. I think Mitch McConnell out of the Senate said basically our goal over the next two years is to make sure that the president's a one-termer. So it's not, I'm not convinced you're going to have this uh, olive branch happen here after the election. Uh, they are in a steamrolling mode, the Republican Party. Remember, with the conservatives, they're movement people. They're not looking at this as an election. They're looking at it as a, a, a major uh, train stop on, right. on, you know, on the way of, of rolling over liberalism. And so it's unclear how Congress will be able to work with this president. But when you're president of the United States, you have a lot of power and you have a lot of options. Um, certainly, 
Barack Obama could start prioritizing U.S.-China relations, go over there like Nixon did in 72, make a historic trip, try to improve trade relations, bilateral relations with China. There's a number of kind of high-profile foreign affairs things he can do that does not involve Iraq and uh, Afghanistan that might be helpful to, you know, for his, to shine up his credibility a little bit. Indeed. He still is beloved around the world, but his brand is being very, is tarnished, I would say, to, today at home. And using the foreign affairs power lever is uh, certainly a, a Nixonian strategy, that from a historian Douglas Brinkley. Todd Zwillick, you're uh, with us all hour, and, uh, you know, it seems to me one of the stories that regards Barack Obama and this apparent setback for the president is the mansion story in West Virginia. Uh, here is a popular governor running against Barack Obama as a Democrat, right. winning a Senate seat, and will be going into that Senate facing uh, that that very same president. What do you make of, of well, that? And Manchin wasn't the only Democrat across the country who who ran hard from the Obama image in order to get elected. Um, you know, I don't think that the president would, would look askance on Joe Manchin for doing that to win West Virginia because, as he says all the time, these candidates know how to win in their races. They do what they have to do. I don't take it personally. Um, the interesting thing about Joe Manchin was how close it was for a statewide Democrat right. to be to, to, to nearly lose that race. Now, he pulled it out at the end and got, you know, four or five percent spread. It became clear that Joe Manchin was going to win over John Raisi. Uh, but I mean, the extent to which he was anti-Obama, that ad, and I don't know how many people have seen the ad where Manchin took, blows away the cap and trade bill, put it on, gun, put yeah. it on a tree and shot it with a gun. Yeah, That's the ad. I mean, uh, yeah. Doug Sprinkley, last question before we go. You know, there was some talk that the economy and the inability of the president to articulate a policy on the economy may have created a bit of a tipping point for African-American and uh, Hispanic voters to think about the GOP. And there are some early signs that uh, uh, GOP victories uh, for African-Americans is an indication that the the Democratic Party is no longer the sole home uh, because of the economy and because uh, ethnic groups have taken such a hit in uh, this recession. What do you think? I think when Barack Obama leads the ticket, he'll still have uh, 85, 90 percent of the African American vote. Um, the um, you know, but but you're seeing different Hispanic groups, uh, Rubio out of Florida. You're seeing New Mexico, uh, where the where the Republican Party there is doing well. There are going to be some uh, states uh, uh, with Latino vote that's going to uh, I think it's going to be split in some ways, and it could hurt the Democrats next time around. Uh, uh, historians aren't great for headlines. Uh, yours wouldn't be the great deluge, I suspect. Uh, <laughs> right, Douglas Brinkley? You got a, got a suggestion? No, uh, I just say um, <laughs> GOP whoops it up. All right, Douglas Brinkley, professor <laughs> of history at Rice University, author of The Wilderness Warrior and the Great Deluge. Douglas Brinkley, thanks so much. Thank you, guys.